Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Pounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to sonos.com to learn more. Hey, and speaking of ESPN College Football, I'm joined by a very special guest here on the podcast and actually a former Razorback too, Taylor McGregor, who does a great job covering all things college football, especially on the ESPN landscape. And she joins us now. Taylor, appreciate you joining us. How you doing? Hey, I am so lucky to be on with anybody from the buzz. When I lived in Little Rock, I listen to you guys all the time. So super happy to be on. I feel the one who's fortunate. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm just uh, I'm just going along with the buzz because actually like Tommy Smith announced he's retiring <clears throat> at the end of the year today. So like, that's oh, a, yeah, it's a big, pretty big, big deal. Story. Yeah. yeah. So we've been uh, we've been doing with that. But yeah, it's it's all. Hey, listen, it's it's the buzz. It's the brand. It's it's how it goes. So uh, but, you know, it's crazy like talking with you because of how like, you know, I we went to college around the same time at the University of Arkansas. And now look at you. You're on ESPN. You're You're doing all <laughs> these college football games. It's it's awesome. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks. It sometimes feels surreal. I still feel like I'm 16 at times and I don't know how I got here. People ask me all the time, what did you do to get there? And sometimes I just say, I don't know. I think there is a little bit of divine intervention um, to, to be at this point. I'm super fortunate, super thankful. It's certainly a dream come true. So just like talking to you, it's the dream come true, right? Oh, see, I'm a sucker for flattery. You're going to start making me blush here on my podcast. Can't do that. But no, it is cool, though, because it's like, you know, being able to, you know, see like people who, especially like around our age, kind of be in the business and, and where they're at. Like, I'm, I'm almost jealous of you because I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I love doing radio. I love doing sports talk radio, podcasts and all that. But it's like, you know, you get to go to like college football places like and, and go to cool stadiums and, and witness cool games and be able to report on it too and you know like with last year in covid it was kind of you know a little different but now like this year everything got back to normal and it's just like i i feel like college football just started and now it's pretty much already over and we're getting into the postseason and, and the bowl games and championships and stuff but i i feel like i don't maybe it's just because we didn't get a full-fledged of it last year that i appreciate it more this year but I just feel like this year was just so much fun. And I think probably a lot of it had to do with maybe Arkansas football actually being good for a change. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was a lot of parody around the game, which was so much fun and, and just so much uncertainty. I mean, I had Cincinnati twice this year and they were the number two team in the country when I had them. And obviously as a group of five team, that was an historic run. And then for them to get into the college football playoff, like I feel like there was a really a ton of storylines that were really exciting to follow. So coming off of COVID, I think it was expected that fans were going to grab a hold of this sport and really love it. But the fact that there was a lot of stuff going on within the actual sport that made it fun to follow that, that certainly helped. Yeah. And like, I just, again, from the Razorback perspective of being going eight and four, being able to have the year that they had and to be, I know that no, you know, it's always woulda, coulda, shoulda. But if you think about it, they're like 10 points away from winning the West. I, I mean, like if yeah. you really put it into that perspective and like, I know that of course you being, you know, going to the university of Arkansas and all that uh, don't, didn't get to call any of the games necessarily, but it was really, I'm sure cool for you to kind of look back and see 
what Arkansas was doing this year and the fact that, you know, at least before I couldn't worry, really wear a Razorback shirt with pride. But now I can because it's like that team and Sam Pittman and the job he's done just in year two have not only been a really good team, but they're building themselves into a really respectable program that people are taking notice of. Well, I just want to take note of one thing really fast. I've always worn an Arkansas shirt basically wherever I go. I have a ton of Razorback gear. During the lean years with football, I always relied on baseball. So thank goodness yeah. we always had that to rely on because when people would start picking my brain, I work in Major League Baseball, so kind of people's focus goes to college baseball anyways. That certainly helped. But, you know, what an exciting year for the football program. And I think it was so easy to cheer for them, A, because I'm a graduate and they're my team, but B, because of Sam Pittman and what he's done and just his reputation. I've actually never met Sam Pittman, but I've heard so many stories about the way that he's impacted people on and off the field, the type of guy he is, the recruiter, and, and so many things. And I have a great story about him. In college, I was friends with Toby Baker. He was a punter at the oh, university. Yeah, yeah and um, he was dating one of my roommates at the time. And I remember he came over when Pittman announced that he was leaving to go to Georgia. And Pittman, as we know, was the O-line coach under Brett Bielema at the time. And he said, I'm, I'm so bummed. Our O-line coach is leaving to go to Georgia. And, you know, He was really the foundation of this program, and we're just going to miss him so much. And this is coming from a punter, first of all. And second of all, me, in my naivety, was was thinking, Toby, it's, a, it's an O-line coach. I think we're going to be okay. It's all good. And really, when you look back, that was kind of the demise of the Bielema era after he after he left. And fast forward to 2020, and he gets hired as as the head coach. I mean, what a full circle moment! And you kind of realize, oh man, this guy really was the backbone. And then to see what he's doing with this program is just phenomenal. So super happy for him. Great story. So not only is it been fun because I'm it's my alma mater, but it's easy to cheer for Sam Pittman. Well, and you bring up the fact that, like, you know, being the O-line coach and the fact that when he was hired at Arkansas, you know, you're talking about, like, the two worst years ever in Razorback history. He was able to, like, I don't know. I It's just it's a cool story in that regard because of how people just kind of discounted him because it was like, okay, he's an offensive line coach. He's never been a head coach before. And, like, in two years, seeing what he's doing, uh, I think, is something that maybe a lot of other programs that are looking for college football head coaches may take note of maybe ones that have been going through a lot. They're like, Hey, maybe instead of finding, you know, the next great offensive up and coming genius, or maybe instead of finding, uh, you know, a, a coordinator that's just uh, been really good at their respective schools. Let's take a chance on a guy that has been an elite recruiter and knows our conference and really loves the university that he could work at because I know, and I know that's kind of like a tough thing to find out of anybody, but still, it that's not the classic recipe for a college football coach to be hired at a major SEC program, and it's working out and paying off in dividends at Arkansas. It just makes me wonder if there are going to be more programs that say, hey, look what Arkansas is doing. Let's try to capture that because of just the fact that he's done so much in so little time considering how bad Arkansas was and the fact that he's also having to coach in the SEC West. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But I want to give credit to Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom because to me, the hire 
of Sam Pittman is not successful without the guys he hired around him. So I think the the recipe, when you look at what Sam Pittman done, he, he has done. He's an amazing recruiter. You can tell the players absolutely love to play for him. But he had enough humility to understand he didn't know it all. And the guys he hired around him, Barry Odom, who had been a head coach in the SEC, that is so important to this success. And I think that's lost a little bit when we talk about Sam Pittman. I don't want to take anything away from what the guy's done, but those hires around him have been enormous. And, you know, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. It's going to be interesting to see the way that Clemson responds to Dabo Sweeney, like losing both of his coordinators this year. You know, those are such important pieces around the head coach because these days the head coach has to deal with so many things that are not even football related all of the off the field things they have to attend to and so you have to have coordinators who are very invested in the program and who know what they're doing in order to have a successful program so yes it's a recipe for you know success in the sec but i think a big part of it is the guys he hired around him yeah and just looking at the coaching carousel what and what it's been i mean if you would have told me <laughs> Before the year started, oh, uh, yeah, Brian Kelly is going to be coaching LSU next year. Lincoln Riley is going to be at USC. Brent Venables is going to be at Oklahoma. Uh, like James Franklin and Mel Tucker are both staying at their respective schools. Like Florida is going to fire Dan Mullen. Like, I mean, it has been without a doubt the wildest coaching carousel that I've ever seen. But I'm wondering if that's just kind of going to be the nature of the beast. And seeing the, some of these contracts these coaches are signing, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's incredible to see where not only are you having these coaches change jobs and going to different places that I consider kind of lateral moves. Like, I mean, Notre Dame to LSU for most cases, and most people would see it as a lateral move. But it just shows you just how much money is still in college football when they're able to pay these coaches, pay these buyouts, and be able to make these moves that they're making. Yeah, but I think with LSU, the thing you have to look at is ultimately the reason he left Notre Dame is because he didn't think he could win a national championship there. He's the winningest coach in history, <laughs> and he still didn't win a national championship. And you look at LSU, their past three head coaches have all won a national title. So to me, when he left, it was very clear he didn't think he could win a national championship at Notre Dame, and he felt he had much better chances to do that at LSU. And, and to me, I put this out on Twitter, and I got crushed for it, but I said basically – his demise was the SEC because of the way Alabama handled, manhandled Notre Dame in the college football playoff. And so he said, okay, if I can't beat the SEC, I'm going to join them because the reality is you're going to get a lot better players in the SEC. And so he he made that move, and, and we'll see if it pays off for him and if LSU is able to win a national championship under Brian Kelly. I want to remind everybody that this episode of Locked On Ragebacks podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and it has you covered for all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So head over to betonline.ag where the game starts. Also want to remind everybody that Prize Picks is the official sponsor of the Locked On Razor X podcast as well, where daily fantasy is made easily, especially when it's the leader in college sports daily fantasy like Prize Picks. They offer more college football and college basketball props than anyone 
And you can also get a great deal as a Locked On Razorbex podcast listener, mm -hmm. where if you use your promo code, you'll receive 100% instant deposit of match up to $100. Just use the promo code Locked On. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Pack Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code Locked On, or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is the daily fantasy made easy. So Taylor McGregor of ESPN College Football is our guest mm -hmm. now. And, and Taylor, you know, we've been talking a lot about Arkansas and, and just the, the the way that this season has gone. And I think one of the things that I'm sure that you've been asked about, maybe have talked to about with people, is now that we're entering, entering into bowl season, are, like our bowl games still a thing. Because it seems like with the college football playoff, at least like the New Year's Six Bowls are still important, obviously. And there are bowl games that people will watch. But as we get closer to ex cost bowl expansion for the playoff, people are wondering if bowl games are still as relevant or will they continue to be relevant? And I I'm just curious to know your thoughts because I I'm on a Razorback fan. I'm stoked to be in this bowl game. But then you can also understand why some teams may not really care as much about their bowl game. I don't know. It just seems like the bowl games are a weird vibe where some people love them. Some people hate them. Some people want to be there. Some people don't want to be there. But yet they're still there because of how much money's involved with them, too. Absolutely. I think there's a sense of if, if you're a top seven or eight team and you don't make the college football playoff, there's a sense of failure. I absolutely think that's real. And maybe a New Year's Six Bowl, even though those are great bowls, might feel like a little bit of a consolation bracket. I think that's 100% real. And that was part of the issue when we expanded into the college football playoff. And I think that's what makes it exciting to think about a possible larger expansion within the playoff. With that being said, you just mentioned it with Razorback fans. This is huge for them. So to tell me that bowl games don't matter for a program like Arkansas, I'm not buying that. Yes, there is, uh, like I mentioned, at the top, absolutely. But for some programs, this is still a big deal. And so I think there's a little bit of, you know, if you don't make the college football playoff, it's a failure of a season. But I do think there's still great reward to several programs that win a bowl game. Now, with that being said, I'm kind of going to, you know, go back on myself a little bit. This past weekend, I was at North Dakota State. And the big story behind them, they've won eight out of the last 10 FCS national championships. And their fans are hungry to move up. They want to move up into the FCS because to them, they feel like they've done it all within the, with or sorry, FBS. They feel like they've done it all within the FCS. They were division two. They moved up to the FCS. They dominated. Now they want to take the next step. But speaking to some of their fans, their concern is, hey, wait a second. In the FCS, we have the playoff. It's a normal 16, 8, 16 game or 16 team playoff, I believe. I might have that wrong. Um, Sounds good to me. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, each week it's really exciting. Will they advance and move on? This, this week they play at home against JMU. Their one loss in their last 30 home games in the playoff have been to JMU. So it's really exciting for them in the semifinal. Are they going to, you know, beat at JMU and move on to the national championship? There's a lot of excitement surrounding that. And so their point is, if we move to the FCS or the FBS, sorry, then we're going to miss that. We're going to miss the excitement of the postseason and the winner take all matchups. Uh, because the reality is for North Dakota State, do they think they have a shot at 
the college football playoff? Well, no, they don't, at least not initially, you know, the way that it's structured right now. And so there's a little bit of why would we want to go to the FBS and, you know, be in some consolation bowl, essentially, when we can stay in the FCS and have these exciting playoffs. So I, I understand why fans believe bowl games aren't as exciting and and whatnot, but I do think it's a little bit of, I don't know, you, you kind of have to appreciate where you're at. It's a lot about, for me, it's a mindset. Like if you're Ohio State and you don't make the college football playoff, yeah, you're upset. If you're Arkansas and you get to go to a bowl game for the first time in however many years, well, you're excited. So I, I think it could be a little bit of yes and no. Yeah, because like I get, I, I get that point. I guess I never thought of it from the like the FCS to the FBS standpoint, and and that's been my whole argument with uh, the college football playoff. Um, I guess problem I have with it, or the criticism I have with it currently, is like if you take every single sport in every single league at every single level, there is not one sport, not one where a team can go undefeated and have zero chance of winning a national championship mm -hmm. except college football. Now, mm -hmm. I'm glad finally Cincinnati went undefeated and we kind of get that this year where they got into the playoff, but it's one of those questions where I wonder what if Oklahoma State would have punched that touchdown in to win the Big 12? Would the committee have made Oklahoma State jump Cincinnati in that regard? Like, I don't know, and that'll be a woulda, coulda, shoulda game, but that's kind of just been my whole problem. And so – I feel like at some point you got to be able to expand and I think they'll get to that point. I think it'll happen, but it, it's just been crazy to me that there's been so, so much resistance on this where I'm like, who does not love postseason tournaments and playoffs and everything? Like the NFL has obviously figured it out. High school football's figured it out because that's how they play it. The FCS levels figured it out, but yet with college football, it feels like they're the ones that are still, not figuring it out, but I feel like a lot of it is because of bowl games and how much money are wrapped is wrapped up in it. Like you want to have a playoff, but the bowl games aren't going to be like, Hey, we want, we want to have the big teams in our bowl games. So it's like, you kind of got to figure out how to make both sides happy where you appease the fans and appease the setup of a playoff while also trying to appease the people of the bowl games so that can keep their money. And I think that that's, what's making it so tough to try to get to this point. It seems like a no brainer to me, like playoffs are you want playoffs. You want the best team to win and you want uh, like, you know, on campus games. Like imagine how much fun that would be if you could have like on campus semifinals or on campus quarterfinals or whatever, you know, in, in stadium, like if Arkansas ever got there, how cool would it be to have a playoff game at Razorback stadium? I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I feel like that's just probably been one of the more resistant things to where there's, you, you got to be able to appease the bowl games while also trying to put in this new playoff system. Yeah, I think it's coming. I mean, there's definitely an expansion with the college football playoff that's that's looming. It's just a matter of when and how how much of an expansion is coming. But I understand there's a lot of things at play here. A lot of things I don't understand um, are at play, you know, probably money being the number one bottom line. But I, I do think it's coming and, and I'm excited to see the way that it plays out in years to come. <laughs> I am too, and I'm, I can't wait to see the uh, discussions we'll have on Sports Talk Radio and on these podcasts and stuff about everybody just being so upset by it. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think I think it is coming, and it's going to be here pretty soon as well. I want to remind everybody the podcast is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. It's the holiday season, trying to figure out what to get for people. Luckily, the perfect gift can be tricky, but it can also be pretty easy when you go with Omaha Steaks. It makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. 
If you go to omahasteaks.com right now and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package, you'll get $99, $99 worth of 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon wrap filet mignons, chicken breast, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use code COLLEGE, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha steak burgers free with your order. We've heard all the reports about shortages and shipping details and delays and all of that, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering in the code COLLEGE. Achieve greatness with gifting with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. OmahaSteaks.com. Use keyword college. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, Taylor. Now I'm going to be curious about this because I like to use this kind of this final part to talk about like nonsense and stuff that really doesn't matter, but it matters to me. So um, I am curious though, at, at your time at the University of Arkansas, um, like, was this what you wanted to do? Like, is this what you wanted to get into at like stuff that as far as being in sports and being in broadcasting and all that, like, is this something you, was your dream type deal? Yeah. So when I was in middle school, my dream was to be in the CIA. And it's funny because I tell people, my parents, <laughs> my dad actually knew somebody who was in the FBI, who had a friend who was a CIA agent. And he came over, talked to me like I wasn't even allowed to know this guy's name. But he, he talked to me about what it was like to be in the CIA. And I was so fascinated. But he told me, if you decide on this career path, it's a lot of time away from family. It's really hard to be a mom. Um, because again, you have to be able to leave on an, a day's notice to be able to take an assignment that could be, you know, you could be gone for three months or whatever. So I remember thinking, well, you know, I want to be a mom. I want to get married. So maybe the CIA isn't for me. Fast forward, I decided I wanted to go into sports broadcasting and I haven't spent more than three days at my home since August. So <laughs> it's it's oh, also wow. one of those those careers that kind of takes you away from home a lot, but I'm so thankful to be doing what I'm doing. And I think I kind of made the decision in high school that I wanted to do this. And that was thanks to the women that I saw on TV. So yes, when I was at Arkansas, I knew this is what I wanted to do. I was involved with UATV, did some stuff with Razorback Network. Remember before it was the CC oh, Network? Yeah, yeah yes. I do remember Back that. Back in uh, Barnhill Arena, they had one room and it was um, glorious. And I worked there. And then when the SEC Network launched, that was really when some opportunities opened for me. I got a shadow Laura Rutledge in college, right when she was sort of getting started with the SEC Network. And um, she's deal. been a mentor of mine ever since. And um, I'm super thankful for my time at Arkansas, because I, I really don't think without the experience I got there, I would be here. So you went from the being wanting to be in the CIA to <laughs> sports broadcasting. Like, I know. What, 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 did you like, was it like, did you like want to be like a secret agent? Like, you know, you watch the movies type thing or is it like, 
you know, you wanted to be in the background, like, you know, hacking into mainframes and stuff. Like what, what was it that made you appeal to the CIA? So I think it's my curiosity, which lends itself to being a reporter as well. I'm a very curious person by nature. And I think the curiosity of wondering, okay, what are they up to? And is it good or bad? And that's sort of how it evolved. Yes, I watched Spy Kids. I know that's a terrible reason to want to go into the CIA. But, you know, when you're young, you kind of think, oh, it's super cool. You get all these gadgets. And, you know, I, I just I had that natural curiosity. And so there was a lot of things that compounded themselves into wanting to follow that career path. But I did not. And I chose one that, you know, you kind of are in hiding when you're in the CIA and then obviously in sports broadcasting, you're front facing. So a little bit of a different path, but yeah. it's been awesome. Yeah. Well, that's, that's funny. Cause I guess, you know, so you're just saying you're curious naturally, like you're a curious person. Like, yes. Yeah. I would say okay. so. I definitely, it's funny because I'll meet people. I, I was talking to one of my friends, friends the other night, and I'm asking him all these questions about himself. And then he ends up telling my friend, you know, I thought it was kind of weird how many questions she was asking. And he's like, oh, that's just her. <laughs> oh, man. She's, she's a reporter in real life, too. I just I've always been that way. My parents will tell you back in elementary school, I was always the one to ask a million questions. So good or bad, I think it's kind of helped me get to where I am. Well, see, and that's what I was thinking, too, because I'm like. I, I will fully admit and to go really personal on this, but like I actually uh, went on a date with a reporter once and I kind of understood. I'm like, OK, I get why you're really good at your job now, because it's like, <laughs> it, it, you know, because in you're in the field, it's really good. But if you go, like, go out on a date or if you're like dating someone who is a reporter, who's a very naturally curious person you know, that has a lot of positives because I think the communication is really good, mm -hmm. but then there could also be like, you know, constantly thinking about, you know, well, what, what's going on there? Is there, you know, what that, what is that person thinking? What's on your mind? What do you tell me more about it? So I, I don't know. I just find it funny because, you know, that's kind of what makes people really good at, at their jobs is what they are like already in real life, but then it translates really well to their job. So you know, curious people always fascinate me just because of like, where do you get these questions? Like, how, <laughs> like, why, where are you coming up with this stuff to be able to ask? Cause I, I mean, I do interviews and like, I ask questions, but I don't know. I guess I don't, sometimes I don't even think of half the stuff that, you know, gets asked. I could, I wouldn't even know where to start with that stuff. Yeah. I, a lot of people look at me like, what are you even talking about with some of the questions I'll ask in social settings, but that's kind of just me. So good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> yeah. I take it, mix it with the good and the bad for sure. So, and like, cause when you were at Arkansas too, it was like the Razorback network, you, when you brought that up, I hadn't heard about that in forever. I do remember I it though. And it was like, uh, something that, cause like with me, I didn't go to school for broadcasting. You I didn't. didn't yeah, I okay. was in. Uh, I was like, what year did you graduate? What year? Yeah. Give or take like 2015. Okay. So we're basically the same age. I graduated in 2015. Yeah, but we're not um, because <laughs> it, it took me seven and a half years to graduate. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my, uh, my mom was like, if you're not done in four, you're paying for it. So I made sure that I was out in four. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, is I didn't get, I didn't get scholarships because, you know, apparently I found out, fun fact for all you listening out there, if you're interested in going to college, um, 
if you uh, enroll as a freshman and you you're trying to join a fraternity and you're because you're a legacy, uh, it's going to be pretty tough when you get a 0.6 GPA your first year. Oh, what fraternity were you in? Uh, Kappa Sig. Oh, okay, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't. I obviously didn't. You know, grades would not allow that to happen. So, what do you oh, mean that makes no. sense? What does that mean? What? What? They so, had fun over there. I, you know. Yeah, I, about I also knew yeah. a Kappa Sig, and I think he got straight Fs one semester and had to redo the entire semester. But yeah, I mean, hey, yeah, it happens. He's you know? doing great now. So you know yeah. what happens in college. Yeah. Well, and some of my, like my good, some of my good friends, and I'm sure you probably know a lot of them, like our, or Kappa Sigs, whether it's, you know, Patrick Barnes, which I call Fratrick, uh, but like <laughs> him and Patrick Necessary and, and, and those guys, like I, I knew them pretty well. So, Thomas but Rowley. yeah, the point was, is though, is like, I didn't go for broadcasting, but sometimes, you know, I went for communications. I started with business, but I could not figure out at all how to like what macroeconomics were. Apparently I that was a class. I was like, I'm done with this. So, um, but I got into uh, communications, kind of just made it as easy as on myself as possible and then got into radio and it's working out. So sometimes those journeys are just, yeah. it works out, you know, it gets there. Yeah. So Yeah. I, uh, one of my friends in the business was a, um, a neuroscience major at Michigan before she got into sports broadcasting. So, <laughs> hey. Okay, that point. might be even crazier than CIA to <laughs> yeah. broadcasting. I know, I know. Oh my gosh. I know. Huh. So, and Michigan is not an easy school. I mean, that's that's a tough major. No, no, not that's yeah. I can't. Yeah, I don't see. That's the thing is, I I don't want to make it sound bad, but I feel like a lot of people like or kind of like me, where it's like they try like to do business or try to do neurosurgery <laughs> or whatever it is, and they're like, eh. Can't do that. I'm just gonna just gonna go to broadcast. I'm just gonna talk about sports. Yeah, and I was yeah. the exact opposite. Where I was like, "There's no second option for me. Like I'm doing this." And I think that's part of what's helped me in my career because I didn't have a backup plan. So I'm like, "No, oh, I'm making this work because I don't have a plan B." Yeah. <laughs> when your degree's in broadcast journalism, I don't think Tyson Foods is probably gonna sign up to hire me. Is you know anything yeah. relevant there? Yeah, because I, I was working part time at Enterprise Rent-A-Car in college and like, nice. yeah, and, you know, they give you the tools to be your own boss. And so, like, I was just part time driving around and I was listening to local sports talk radio and I was like, this guy sucks. I can do better than this guy. And so, <laughs> like, I just uh, like I emailed the station. It was like, if you got any part time jobs and I started running the board. For like naturals games. I don't know if you remember the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So There's like stars who've come through there. I I've, know. Or played know. there. You know, I taught when I tell people that I went to Arkansas again because I work in Major League Baseball. So I talk right. to a lot of these guys. A lot of them will say, Oh my gosh, you know, I went to Northwest Arkansas when we played the Naturals and, and they love it. It actually has a really good reputation around the league. A lot of people really like playing there. Um, and they like Northwest Arkansas. So, yeah. Yeah. And like I did the, I ran the board for them and it just kind of worked its way up. But it was funny because then, like, you know, fast forward a few years, I was actually doing the public address for the naturals. Uh, you know, yes. And which, you know, this, it's, it's really difficult sometimes to pronounce certain players' names. And if you don't get it right, everyone's going to know they're going to look back at you and, and all of those things. So, uh, but no, it was fun and like just kind of going through that journey and being in sports and all that stuff. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, I'm very thankful to be where I'm at because I'm a pretty unorthodox and 
like, you know, I didn't go for a degree. I didn't have like some connection to some radio station or anything mm -hmm. like that. It's just kind of like, you know, some, it's just amazing sometimes how the journey happens because I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm sure you're confident in yourself, but I mean, would you have thought that you'd be doing what you're doing at the stage in your life that you're doing it at, at the level that you're doing it at? Because I sure didn't. No, no. And I think that's something you have to remind yourself too. For me, being a highly motivated person, it always feels like where you're at is never enough, which again, is good or good and bad. Like, I think it's, it's good, a sense of always trying to improve and get better, but I think it can be a detriment because it prevents you from enjoying where you are. So I definitely have to say to myself, you know, at 24, I was on regional sports net television. And then at 25, I was on a national network. Like that's wild. I would have never guessed that for myself. Um, so it, it's important to kind of celebrate those those victories and, and show other people it's possible. You know, I remember in college thinking, how am I ever going to get there? That is, it seems impossible. It seems like such a competitive industry. And I don't know how you felt getting into radio. Like I felt like it was going to be really, really hard to break into the industry. And there's certainly parts of it that are, but um, yeah, it's, it's surreal sometimes looking back at the journey. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm one of, as far as sports talk radio goes, I think I'm like one of nine full-time people in Arkansas. Like awesome. Yeah. And you know, you know, you know the buzz. Nobody leaves. Like that, I like <laughs> the fact that I'm like there, it still blows my mind because like the youngest person on air, like an on-air personality on the station that's closest to me in my age is 46. Like I'm I'm I feel very out of place sometimes because I'm like I don't, you know, I'm, uh, I'm pretty young, but you know, it's, it's cool though. It's like, you know, you yeah. get to, get to awesome. see some other, yeah, I get to see some other elements too. So you ever make it back to Arkansas? Did you, like, I know you're probably, probably can't much during the seasons and stuff because you're so busy, but. I know I want to, um, when is the last time I've been back to Fayetteville? I came back last year for a wedding. Um, it was a COVID wedding, so it ended up being super small. So I didn't get to really do much. Um, I don't think I've been back since the, I was, I've never done a Razorback game. I was supposed to do the 2020 spring game. So I think it was oh, like, yeah. it was supposed to be like early April. And so like two weeks before the world shut down, they asked me, Hey, you want to do the Arkansas spring game? I'm like, heck yeah, I would love to do the Arkansas spring game. So I was so pumped because I'd never gotten to do a game back at my alma mater and then of course it got canceled so hopefully one day i'll get to come back to razorback stadium um and hopefully i'll just get to come back outside of work and just enjoy northwest arkansas because it's one of my favorite places in the world and same with little rock too i spent i think i was there for six months loved every second of it you were only here six months i thought you were here longer than that uh maybe it was like eight months Oh, I, I okay. got there in July and I like my first day was like July 4th and then I left in March. So oh, wow. July, yeah. August, September, October, November. Well, it's funny because I was like, this is random. Nine. I don't know why I thought about this, but like I, I had to go through when I got to the station and I was like going through like all the old stuff and like files and all that from um, uh, the show that I was on before just kind of see what branding and imaging and all that. And there was a picture of you in the buzz studio. Um, I guess was on the air once. Like just oh gosh. 
Yeah, it was, I think it was you and Hayden. I think both you and Hayden oh. were in there. Yes, yes, we did go in there once. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. No, I always loved getting to come over to the buzz. You guys have deal. have fun over there. It is a big deal, and it, it was funny because my generation. Let's be real. My friends don't watch local news. So when I was <laughs> when I was on local news there, like none of my friends really thought that was cool because they didn't watch the local news. But everybody listened to the local radio. So when I was on the buzz, like that was the coolest thing to my friends. They thought it was, oh my gosh, you were on the buzz today. So it was I felt lucky every time I got yeah. to go over there. Yeah. I, hey, listen, I, I love doing it. And yeah, we do have fun. Sometimes too much fun, but that's, that's <laughs> part of radio too. Okay. Well, how about this? Next time you're in Little Rock, whenever that may be at any point in time, uh, come back in studio and then like you can relive your dream once again of coming on the buzz airwaves and you yes. know, live out the, live out the goals and the glory of all of it. The dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being on the buzz. So no, it is. It is my fun. dream. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait. Yeah, we'll make that happen and we'll put it together. But either way, Taylor McGregor, ESPN College Football. Appreciate you coming on with us. I know uh, it's going to be continuing because you got bowl games and stuff right coming up. Are you going to be doing bowl games too? Yes. Yep. I go to New Orleans this weekend. Oh, so that's you. the first one for me. And then I'll I have the um, Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, and then I have the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte. And then I'm going to go to the cotton bowl to do digital stuff. And then hopefully the, um, the national championship to do digital stuff too. So exciting couple weeks. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm hoping really badly that whatever coach you have to interview after the Duke's Mayo bowl ends has the guy that got covered in mayonnaise. Cause they dumped it on him and you oh, have to like oh, yes. sit there and just own it. You have to interview him and he just reeks of mayonnaise. I'm hoping that happens. Oh yeah, me too. That would be a career highlight, no doubt. Yeah. What's your favorite that. career moment? Oh, this one time when I was interviewing a coach who got doused in mayonnaise. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like it's pretty obvious. Forget doing a national championship or you know hosting <laughs> yeah. on on SEC Network or anything like that. No, it was when the the coach was covered in mayonnaise. That's what we all want in life, and that's our goal. So, but either way, Taylor, as always, it's a pleasure. Appreciate it. Have fun this bowl season, and I know we'll be catching up with you soon. Thanks so much. Appreciate you having me on.